Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome, foolish mortals. Amigos, amigos down there. It is me up here. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the train and remain seated at all times. If smaller aviators don't measure up to the height indicator on the seat, just put the belt through the loop in the center strap before buckling. That's worked out. We know what our goals are. We know what we hope to accomplish. And believe me, it's the most exciting and challenging assignment we've ever tackled at Walt Disney Productions. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Diz Life Podcast. Thank you for being a part of our Disney Lives here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. My name is Mark Valentine, and I am the host of Diz Life Podcast. Join us here weekly as we discuss the very best of Disney parks, resorts, dining, and everything beyond. And don't forget, smash that subscribe button to get more incredible audio content from the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Head over to chipandco.com for the latest headlines from across Disney parks worldwide and give our show a rating or review on Apple, Spotify, or even Podchaser. On today's Diz Life podcast, we're talking all about our trip report to New York City to cover Toy Fair 2023, and we're giving you all of our must-get Disney toys for the kids and for the Disney collectors in your household. But before we do that, let's welcome back to the show one half of United We Fan, the podcast, collector himself of Infinity Stones, snaps for the one and only Brian Lee. Brian, I am inevitable. I was going to say, who buys toys for their children? It's not what <laughs> Toy Fair is about. It's really, it's not, but yeah, so As we're both grown men who collect collectibles, so... I've gotten better at it. I have too. I've actually chilled out a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean, maybe I get one a month <laughs> versus like six or seven. How you doing, man? How was your weekend? It was fantastic. How are you? Tired. Very tired. But uh, I, I had gone to New York with you. That would have been fun. Yeah. You could have came. And like I said, I would have snuck you in and you could have been the cameraman. <laughs> so from the from blood diamond, who are you? I am the cameraman. This is Brian Lee. He's the cameraman. So, yeah, uh, man, what a great weekend. This weekend was equal parts exhausting, but it filled my soul. I really, really had a great weekend. I can't wait to talk about it in our our main attraction, man. Should we do that now? Is there no first takes this week? You're Not right. Not a lot of news dropping for sure. <laughs> You're right, dude. Let's get into – I was waiting for you. Let's get into first takes. And now it's time for Diz Life First Takes. First Takes! These are the headlines that are going to get you talking this week. First Takes! We here at Diz Life Podcast are giving you the first word on Disney news and parks headlines. First Takes! So here's what's firing off this week over at Chip and Company. First Takes! All right, Brian. It has been a quiet week, by and large. It's been pretty quiet, man. Uh, we do have some headlines. So this is the stuff that I think people are going to be talking about this week. Uh, let's see if I wind up being right. And they wind up being the biggest articles. You'll have to check back on Friday for and company when we review what was the highest article of the week. 
Uh, but let's start with this, man. You love superheroes. I love superheroes. And now you have another chance or more of a chance to check out superheroes in a Disney park. Uh, that's right. You can meet Frozone because he has a new meet and greet location over in Hollywood Studios. You didn't think I was going to talk about Marvel people, did you? I, I, this new, this Frozone thing is news to me. So I did think you were going to go Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you can't do that, at least not east of the, the Mississippi River. But uh, if you're an Incredibles fan, uh, get ready to say cheese, freeze, and then snap a few pictures with Frozone. Uh, just make sure that he has found his super suit. Uh, but you can meet him at a new meet and greet location over in Hollywood Studios. If you don't know where this is, uh, he is greeting guests in front of an all new mural over in Pixar Plaza along with fellow super and best friend, Mr. Incredible, uh, Mr. Incredible's wife, Elastigirl. That's an interesting way of explaining it. She's just Elastigirl. She doesn't, she doesn't have to be his wife. <laughs> uh, and Sully from Monsters, Inc. Uh, after you meet Frozone, just for a little geographic location, you can cross the street and spin by the Edna Mode experience where you can snap a few pictures with Edna and get up and close with her and her latest super suit creations. But remember, no capes. No capes, Brian Lee. Uh, you didn't know that uh, Frozone was uh, meeting and greeting over at Hollywood? I didn't. Is this outdoors or is this inside that building where Buzz and Woody used to meet? No, inside of the building is that's the Edna Mode experience. Okay. So where the, the, the old entrance to Toy Story meeting. There you go. Yeah. So where the Jack Jack Nom Nom cookies are. If you okay. just go past, they had it closed off for a while. There was an Incredibles dance party that was there for a while. The I remember wall, that. Yeah. So the wall where they, the, the murals used to be on, like the, the superhero murals, there's now Pixar murals, and that's where you can snap a photo with um, members of the Incredibles. The more characters they get, the happier I become. I love the fact that I do think that Disney World has made some amazing inroads with the variety of characters that you can meet and greet. And I just want equity in this aspect of it. And I understand parks don't have to be identical, but if there's a character and there's a costume for it, do I need to have it all of the time? No, make a, you can make the character seasonal, but don't put the character over in Disneyland and then not give it to us here in Florida, please. Just, it breaks my heart. This is my home park. For a while, these characters were gone. So the fact that they're coming back and they're meeting and greeting and they're snapping photos just makes me so, so happy. Bring them all. Give us everything. I want all the characters, man. You know, this would, where this would fit is the fifth park that I dreamed up last week, Pixar Park. I, I feel like we should do that. You want to do that episode? Let's just do it. Let's create, we need to. Let's create that fifth gate. So what we'll do with that one, have you ever seen the, um, the scale drawing of what a Star Wars, like just a pure Star Wars park would look like? Yeah. That's what we have to do. Like that's the scale of the of the Imagineering armchair Imagineer episode. If we're gonna do it, yeah. like let's go all out. Let's I'm ready. I've already got my center icon. I've got a lot of it figured out since I started thinking about it last week. All right, it's on the calendar. We're gonna do it. All right. Uh, continuing our first takes of the week. Uh, Mickey's not so scary. Halloween party is officially sold out for this year, 2023. So if you were hoping to attend this year's not so scary Halloween party. Uh, and you didn't get a chance to purchase your tickets, I'm sorry to be the bearer of the most unfortunate news for all of you. The party dates are now sold out. 
Uh, tickets are currently on sale for Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. So if you still want to do a party this season, whether it be October, November, or December, uh, you can get tickets to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. And I want to say Jollywood Nights is also still available. So if you missed out on Halloween, don't wait to purchase your Christmas party tickets. Make sure you get them now. Um, that is sad. I know that a lot of people probably put it off because they saw that they weren't selling out immediately. And I'm sure that, you know, they're now upset that they probably procrastinated. But yeah, no party for you. No soup for you, Brian. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people are allowed to get overly upset about it. I understand procrastinating and then being bummed. But you don't get to talk trash on Disney for it not selling out. And then ultimately when it does sell out, also being upset with Disney that it did. So I think a lot of people this year waited you know, and it wasn't a radically different party than it has been in years past. Yeah. There's some new food items. There's some nuanced characters, but by and large, it's, it is the same event. You know, you guys talked about this with piano Rob in a really amazing episode where you, you talked about some of the differences, uh, that exist in Halloween horror nights. And piano Rob said, the thing I love about the event is it's 10 new houses every year, new scare zones. It's never the same event twice. And if you don't go and do the houses, there's a very good chance, like it, it's not coming back. You know, Beetlejuice is likely not coming back. Maybe we'll get another Beetlejuice inspired house, but that house and that iteration, it's gone. So, um, I think a lot of people waited. I think they said, yeah, it's the same party. And then, you know, everyone sees the influencers and everyone's having fun. And even people that are going are posting their pictures. And then the next thing, you know, FOMO hits. And by the time you want to pull the trigger, it's too late. So it's October one. Uh, it should be sold out at this point. If it's yeah. going to sell out, it should be sold out. You know, not all of Halloween horror nights is sold out yet. Um, but I would imagine that's probably going to go soon. Now that we're in October too. Some people want it to be spooky season before they actually start to do it. So maybe in years in the future, if you know you want to definitely go in October, buy your tickets in August or September, but buy them for October, but don't wait until October to do it. Cause you might frequent fear, frequent fear passes for horror nights are sold out, but not individual nights yet. Nice. Yeah. Very good, man. Thanks for, thank you for that clarification that they are uh, definitely sold out. Um, is Halloween horror nights the number one event? Is it Mickey's not so scary? Brian, do you know what park earned the number one designation from USA today. This is our last little talking point and our last first take of the week. If you had to guess what theme park do you think took home and was voted the best theme park Halloween event for this year? Uh, only Florida. Uh, hold on. Let me scan. Let me scan the copy. Cause I think Oogie Boogie Bash would come up there, but if we're talking only central Florida, I feel like you're trying to throw me a curveball, so I'm not going to do what you want me to, and I'm going to say SeaWorld. Uh, and you would be correct. Bingo. <laughs> nice job, man. <laughs> you're like, I think you're trying to give me a curveball. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, so, hey, look, Sinister Scares are lurking around every corner at Hollow Scream. We covered it. Uh, our press team absolutely loved it, thought it was amazing. And recently, the number one best theme park Halloween event, according to USA, USA Today... Uh, the 10 best reader's choice awards. It went to SeaWorld. Yep. It clearly I have to think crowd levels helps that. 
So I'm sure that there's a lot of things that factored in and, uh, you know, our article kind of went into that. So the top spot was obviously thanks to experiences, but this was voted for by theme park enthusiasts. Um, and this is a coast to coast poll. So SeaWorld Orlando, Howl Scream, uh, had a pretty amazing lineup here for 2023, uh, new roster of houses, seven fright induced scare zone, three live shows, five theme bars, um, guests were screaming all night long. They had a huge social media push this year. The Howl Scream is a separate ticketed event, just as a reminder, just like the other ones that would qualify it. Um, you can save 60% off of the tickets for a limited slash sale. Uh, ticket prices start at $44.99. I think that probably had something to do with it as well. This is not recommended for children. So I do want to point that out. So if if you're coming if you're coming here for not so scary, and you hear this and you go, oh, I couldn't I couldn't get tickets. I'm going to take the children's to Hello Scream. Think twice. Uh, it has amplified scares. This is not for little kids, uh, and it is a it's more on par with an HHN. Uh, but. Uh, SeaWorld commented and said, we're thrilled to unveil this year's Hollow Scream featuring an array of terrifying haunted houses, chilling shows, and scare zones, including some spine-tingling additions to our lineup. Uh, that was courtesy of Mark Swanson. He is the CEO of SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment. Uh, he continues to say, whether you're conquering one of our award-winning coasters, summoning the courage to explore sinister haunted houses, catching the monster stomp show, or savoring one of our signature drinks at our theme bars, there's no Halloween event quite like Hallow Scream. USA Today and the readers agreed with him. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna embarrass myself a little bit, Brian, and I'm sorry. Chip and Company has done the event. Uh, we loved our experience. I've never done Hallow Scream. Have you ever gotten over there and gotten the crap scared out of you? No. Nope. I've been in the park uh, around Halloween, but never for the event. Uh, does this ranking now pique your interest and think maybe you're missing something? Uh, not me personally, because I'm not a huge Halloween person. So you'd have to, I don't know, but I do love Horror Nights. So. You do? Well, that's what I'm saying. You love Horror Nights. I, really, I don't know. I really, but, it, maybe it's int- interest has peaked enough, probably. That's a good price for an event, though. Listen, that's... You know, that's a perfect price point to get people to come and to try. And then, you know, you're going to churn a lot more visitors at that price point. And then once they commit to the brand and they see that it really is a really, I don't want to say alternative because it's, it's not each one is its own thing. I don't think it's an alternative to anything else. It should just be its own thing. But if you get people that really enjoy it, they love the culture of it. They're, you know, that's going to be their brand and they're going to stick with it. I think Universal did something really intelligent with that too. I think, you know, and I still think that Halloween Horror Nights is a really great entry point and a price point, you know, of, of course it elevates on certain nights, but you know, by and large, an HHN ticket is, is 80 bucks and Mm -hmm. that is definitely worth the price of admission. So, you know, for $44.99, for SeaWorld to get in that market and say, hey, give this a shot. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of people are going to do that. So congratulations to SeaWorld. Um, and it's a change It's a change in their corporate uh, tactics as well because they've been trying to push the Hallow Scream into Bush Gardens down in Tampa. And now they're changing their 
their philosophy and pushing it towards SeaWorld. And I think it's the smarter tactic because people will not travel to Tampa quite the same way that the, that the casual tourist will at least jump over to SeaWorld. And now, I mean, Bush Gardens over in Tampa has its own event. But look, you know, SeaWorld, SeaWorld is a good park. I mean, we've had really great experiences when we do media events there. You know, mix it up, SeaWorld. Get into the fray. Like, throw your hat into the ring. You know, shoot your shot. I love this. And it's good for them. Will I do this? You know, if, if I'm there for the Halloween season and I can get over there, absolutely. I would totally try it for 40 bucks. So I want to go. Let's do it, man. One year if we're down there, let's do it. All right, look, we're going to take a quick commercial break. I'm going to hand the microphone over to you. uh, And we are going to talk all things Toy Fair 2023. So when we return from our commercial break, we're going to have a small trip report. Brian is going to interview me. uh, But let's uh, let's take a quick break first and, and pay some bills. Here we go. Hey guys, Diz Life Mark here, and I want to tell you all about the official travel partner here at Chip and Company. Let our good friend Sarah at Destination to Travel help you plan your next Disney vacation. Sarah specializes in planning dream vacations for your family. She's an authorized Disney vacation planner, and she can help with every step of your magical vacation. The best thing is that her services are 100% free. Want to travel beyond Disney? Sarah has you covered there too. Want to find out more? Fill out a trip request form over at the website at Chip & Co. or email her directly at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. Start planning that dream vacation today. Email her at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mark's Main Attraction. Uh, thank you for living your best Disney life with us here today. I just got home from New York City. You might hear it in my voice. My my brain is definitely feeling it. I am so tired from just a wonderful weekend at Toy Fair 2023. Uh, this is the first time that the event was held since 2019, and it came back to the Javits Center with lots of pomp and circumstance. I had a chance to walk the floor of the expo and meet with the creative inventors and innovators from the toy, collectible, and gaming industry to see what's new and see what's next. So, Brian, I'm going to turn it over to you. Let's do a media event review as we break down our favorite Disney items that you want to snag for the upcoming Christmas season. Man, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a little shot today, Bri. I'm really sorry. I'm running on empty. No need to apologize, but let's, let's get the most important humanity stuff out of the way tough weekend in new york considering with all the flooding and everything else so one did you remain safe and two did everybody around toy fair getting the event on also remain safe yeah so i i I traveled into the city a little earlier than i had anticipated on friday because uh in the middle of our commute there were there was torrential rain new york had gotten you know right around a foot of precipitation uh, Southern Manhattan, a lot of the boroughs were flooded out. Now, Midtown, where I was, uh, there there was just local flooding, nothing that was crazy like you saw on the on the news media. 
but the the subway system and a lot of the transportation was completely and totally disrupted throughout the course of Friday and Saturday. You know, just when it dried out, there was some damage. New York had to make sure that everything was up and running. But yeah, everybody was safe. Uh, there was no peril where we were. The Javits Center was not imperiled. Um, I'm glad to see, given the challenges of this event, that they didn't postpone it, that they went forward with it. Uh, from the people that we talked to, no one seemed to be largely impacted from it. But uh, the, obviously, the residents of New York City and some of the boroughs were were dealing with a little a little tragedy. But uh, you know, I mean, New York is resilient, man. That's the thing I love about the city is uh, you know it faces its challenges head on. It's a t- it's a tough city, and uh, you know they weren't going to let a little water slow them down or, or cancel this event. So. Uh, the event went off without a hitch. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thoughts and prayers to those that were affected by, by that. So let's get into it. Javits Center was taken over by, I mean, how many, how many different companies were there? I mean, it's a Comic-Con for toys, right? Like we're talking dozens and dozens of, of yeah. companies. No, this is, this is the epicenter for industry insiders, for wholesalers, for retailers, for inventors, this event is this is the epicenter of the toy gaming uh you know creative industry and they have not been together since 2019 uh now last year when we sat down at D23 uh it was a conversation that I had with Funko they asked if we were going to go uh and I've never been so this was a totally new experience just like I had never been to D23 prior to last year I had never been to a toy fair. I knew what toy fair was. I didn't realize that it is open to the public. You can buy tickets and walk around, but it's primarily for industry insiders. And, um, you know, you have buyers, you have local stores. I mean, that, that local economy, the mom and pop store, the major chains, everyone goes to this event, they network and it's, it's a chance to connect all ends of the supply and demand chain together in one building. I wish I could tell you how many vendors were there. Uh, countless, man. I mean, they filled the the entire floor. So the third floor of the upstairs was completely taken over. Uh, really, tr- truly all three floors. And then some of, the, some of the other areas as well. But on the first floor and the third floor, it was just vendors and booths and expo as far as the eye could see. It took me three quarters of the first day to just do my first lap and to take it all in. So it was almost a full day of walking from opening at 9 a.m. until 6 p.m. for me to get all the way through every single one of the booths and to go just literally up and down the aisle to see who was there. And I didn't. Yeah. Whenever I think of Toy Fair, I just immediately think of the line from Toy Story when Rex is like, and I'm from Mattel. Well, I'm not really from Mattel, but I'm from a company that was bought through a leverage buyout or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I just think that's what these business deals go down. Uh, like, who's the biggest players in the room? I mean, we're talking Mattel, we're talking Hasbro, we're talking Funko. Um, and I mean, when we're talking Toy Fair, it's at least 50% collectibles, correct? So it's a lot of collectibles. So the term big is I think really subjective because it depends on the field. So, you know, yes, the, the, the biggest collectible companies are there. Like Bondi was there, you know, uh, 
you had um, Funko. Funko obviously was there, but in their respective field, all of the large players are there. You know, you have the educational games, you have board games, you know, there are people that are in the digital space. You have, uh, there were Halloween vendors that were there and people who make costuming and masks and makeup. They had a Halloween row that was there. So if you can dream of it, the, the biggest vendors are there. Now, of course the traditional, you know, Mattel is there, you know, you had, um, Nerf. <laughs> I mean, like I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I ha- I probably right. should pull up my vendor list and and go through this from the app. But I mean, if if you. But I, so I mean, I guess my question is: Let's take Mattel for example. Like they're yeah. focused on, they're focused on. Let's talk synergy. Like Barbie was a massive film. Is there a Barbie display? Are they are oh, they absolutely. leaning into? Are they leaning into the? the future of the Mattel cinematic universe, or is it simply what's going to be in stores for Christmas this year and next? So here's what's so exciting about this event, right? There are some of the vendors, they're very secretive about that. And there are a lot of vendors who have these clandestine backstage areas that are not open to me. To be frank, they're open to the purchasers and to the retailers and you book by appointment and then you go in and one of the media reps and and or one of the higher executives is going to walk you through Mattel, you know, uh, a tie um, and they're going to show you Hey, like you can't take pictures of this. There were some things that I did see from Funko and from Loungefly that's not on the website. We were prohibited from taking photographs and videos or even talking about it in an article. And there are some companies that like you'll be privy to that and other companies that are like, no, 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 like mum is the word, but we only show you this because we want you to see how excited we are for this product. Like this is going to be really big. And then a lot of these companies that buy and lean into the movie, they can kind of anticipate what their purchasing is going to be for 2024 and beyond because they either see prototypes or mock-ups of, of these, these toys. And the same thing with Lego. Like there were, dude, there were Lego sets that I couldn't even see. And Lego asked me and said, are you a purchaser? Do you have a set? Like, do you have a sales arm? And I was like, we don't, <laughs> if I, I'm, I'm, I'm a private consumer. Yeah. When someone asks you, if you're a God, Ray, you say <laughs> yes. So what I learned from this is I, I think chip chip and I have, we have to start a, a, a sales arm because then on the next toy fair, we'll get to see backstage with a lot of this stuff. We still can't report it, but uh, you'll just get a sneak peek as as a purchaser. But um, yes, your answer is that synergy is, it's at work. Um, all of that is at work. I mean, these companies are are thinking what's next. And so much of this event is done in anticipation of this Christmas season, but of 2024. So these inventors, these creators, these marketing teams are already laying the foundation and the groundwork for not just this season, 
but also for next year to get the toy industry excited and ready for all of these amazing things that are coming. So it's just, man, it's a really, the energy in the room, it's, and I'm not from this space, right? I consume toys. I am a collector. But the, you are a toy. <laughs> the the energy in this room, it's just really cool to see these industry insiders and the passion that is on display. Like it was, it was everywhere that we went. But I mean, I'm I'm probably going to talk about my time with with the Ravensburger design team and with Lurkana. That was really cool. Like because they were they were totally we were all geeking out. But all of us were kind of sh- sharing the energy and the vibe around what's going on with with Ravensburger, and it's it's an exciting time. And uh, I mean, we'll we'll talk about that when we get to to that booth. But um, that energy is duplicated everywhere, and these people are just so excited. This is their passion. I mean, you know, when you love what you do, and it's clear and evident it comes out to the world and that's what this is. And it's a stadium full of people, the volume and scale of the energy and the passion and the creativity. It's like, I've never seen this before. So to see it for the first time, I was like, Holy cow. Like that's amazing. Just, it was amazing. Let's, let's take it as Disney fans from there. This company uh, that we are big fans of in Disney there's nobody in the world that does licensing of product better than them. They work with a lot of these toy companies because it opens up so many avenues for so many different levels of whether it be preschool or whether it be collectible age people like us or, or something like that. So anywhere in between. So let's, let's go with uh, let's go with the random Rushmore here. The game where everything's made up and the points don't matter. The four best Disney licensed products you saw at New York Toy Fair 2023. Oh man. So there, <laughs> there's so many, uh, just a fun fact. And I didn't even realize this. Everything that you saw at Disney was not necessarily for sale and or consumption here in the United States. There was a frequent question that was being asked whenever I would talk to someone who was a licensor of Disney merchandise, they would ask where I'm from and I didn't realize until like the second or third person had posed that question. It does make a difference just because people have license to sell Disney does not entitle them or they may not be able to license and or sell it in the United States. I saw some amazing toys from Latin America from, you know, that were on sale over in China. And I was like, can we please get this here? And they're like, we're trying like we would love to. So some of the best quote unquote Disney things are not even available here in the United States. Um, all right, so let me go in in order, or in no particular order. Um, so over at uh, Bondi Namiko, they have these really amazing figures. Now, like you, you know me, man. You know how much I love uh, collectibles. You know, both you and I are like super into Funko. Like we love Funko. And uh, I'm walking by and they have kind of like the, the what's new and what's next. There's these things called um, uh, Cuposkets from Bandai, Namico. And anyone who knows Bandai, they're no stranger to miniatures. They're no stranger to collectibles and to statuettes. And they oh. have these adorable 
I mean, they're just, they're beautiful. They're Disney princesses and they are done. Um, the, the, so the style of them, and apparently I didn't even know this, but they're, they're not new. Uh, they have been out for quite some time, but they just, they weren't marketed all that heavily here in the United States. But it's like, uh, what's the Japanese style? If I'm saying it or pronouncing it incorrectly and you know and want to catch me, I know that we have this issue with Mark Adams as well. The marks in your life maybe can't pronounce things. Uh, chibi, chibi, C-H-I-B-I. That's chibi. Chibi. That's, who? <laughs> who? Uh, that's the style of the princesses with uh, the beautifully expressive eyes. Um, there's a lot of motion and the, the way that the hair is sculpted and drawn, but the level of details in these kaposkets are, they're just amazing. I fell in love with them. I had to make sure that I got over to Bondi and that I got an appointment. And this morning, uh, Lynn and her team walked me through and they showed me. So not only do they have the traditional kaposkets, but they also have... Um, other miniatures and there's like a, a scene or a setting. I'm trying to remember. Uh, they have like ones that are, they're sleeping and they're adorable and they just, so they're like a Warhammer figurines kind of, no, they're, they're pretty big. I mean, okay. they're pretty, they're pretty sizable, but the, the, like the size of a Funko. Yeah. They're the size of a Funko and slightly, slightly larger. Then they have smaller ones that are called Cuposket stories. And those are smaller um, bigger, bigger than like a Warhammer figure, but you know, about the size of a baseball and they have seen in the setting. Uh, these things are amazing. Write this down. Q P O S K E T. This is, I, I, I would tell if you're a collector, get, get them, uh, the price point of them too. They're about $26 and change the detail. They are adorable. They gave me an Ariel. They asked me who my favorite princess was, and I told them it's Ariel. And they gave me an Ariel for my daughter. I brought it home, and my daughter said, her quote was, that is so kawaii. I don't know what that means, Brian, but... <laughs> but Like the city in Hawaii? I don't know. She said kawaii, K-A-W-A-I-I. My daughter said, that is so kawaii, and she loved it. So they are, um, they're wonderful and apparently Bondi is going to be uh, marketing them heavily in 2024. We are going to have an exclusive so that when uh, Bondi re releases their 2024 line, uh, we're going to get the scoop on them. But I have one. I currently have a collection of one. And I am going to be getting a lot of these for the holiday season. Uh, they were awesome. So that's number one on my... my say, that's, that's one. That's one. <laughs> Uh, I fell in love with those. I really did. But you know me, I have, I have an affinity for collectibles and for Funkos. So from the collector standpoint, those were super collectible. Uh, number two, is it like, a, is it like a, the level of detail, are we talking like Polly pocket? Like nothing that small. No, nothing that small. They're the okay, size. So, I mean, they're they're so bigger when they're, than when you're settings and stuff like that. Like it's still, yeah, they're bigger than, yeah, they're bigger than, um, so the, the, the miniature ones are the ones that are smaller. The, the, the scenes are because the size of a baseball. Yeah. They're, they're the size of a baseball. So slightly, slightly smaller than what you would expect from a, from a Funko pop, but the level okay. of detail, the painting on them, um, it's the way they, it's the motion and the way that they, they have motion in these statues and it's, 
between the hair and the expressions that, you know, they, they come to life and they're just gorgeous. Like they're absolutely, they're absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, I, I will definitely purchase at least four or five. And again, for $26, it, they don't break the bank. Like it's a very affordable collectible, you know, and for anyone who's a hardcore collector of statues, you know, you're usually a minimum of like seven, anywhere from $70 and up. So for 26, the level of detail and the beauty of these things, I was like, this is, this is it. Uh, so number two on my list, uh, Lionel, uh, which has been making trains since 1900. They have a Disney 100 train. Uh, it's the lion chief Bluetooth set and it is a Disney 100 commemorative railroad set. So if you are looking to get a brand new train for underneath your Christmas tree, the 100 years of wonder, uh, train set is awesome. So it has a pop-up Mickey. There are little silhouettes of all of the characters in the train window. You, you obviously control it via Bluetooth, but Mickey talks, Mickey rides the top of the train. Uh, this thing was really adorable. Uh, the paint job on it is great that it is a translucent paint job on it. Uh, and the team over at Lionel really impressed us with this set. And uh, I mean, we've all we've all had a Lionel train set. You know, if you've had a train set underneath your your Christmas tree, so uh, they really purple and sparkly. It's yeah. Are you looking at it? Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's really, really, really nice. Um, Linda doesn't know this yet, but we're gonna get that tree. We're gonna get that. <laughs> I, I, I told them, I said, you know, they, they hooked me up with the URL and they showed me exactly where I can purchase that set. But we have been sans train, I think for two or three years. Cause it broke ours broke. It wasn't a Lionel that we had. We got one from, I think Costco or something and it broke. And so, um, yeah, we're going to get that one. That's a, that one's definitely coming home. So they made it, they made at least one sale. So yeah, head to Lionel. Uh, and again, Lionelstore.com. Yep. If you don't want to get this one, they have other Disney trains. They have other Disney inspired trains, but that Disney 100 is, uh, it's beautiful. It is just a wonderful commemorative train and obviously celebrates the centennial history of the Disney, uh, company. And so the detail on that was just really good. So that was number two. I'm sorry. I'm taking a long time with these, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, I can I can I have a unofficial like I I I can't say I can't say this list without including Funko, right? Uh, like Funko slash Loungefly, we love I love Loungeflies, man. I mean, I had a chance, and I can't. I wish I could talk about it. I can't even talk about it. That was one of the booths that I saw. What's next for that brand for Loungefly? And some of the new and exciting products that are coming through. And uh, if you love that brand, if you love Loungefly, just get excited. That's all I'm going to say is just, I, that's all I can say is get excited. Cause uh, they've got so much more in store. Um, I mean, like I opened Funko pops with, with Mike Becker, who's the founder of Funko. And I told him, I said, dude, I don't think you understand how much I love Funko Pops. This brand meant so much to me. And uh, I mean, I always had Funko Pops. They were on my desk at work. 
But then during pandemic, when I started to really build a man cave, like Funko Pops were the center of the of that. And so uh, we went back. We had a chance to see brand new Funkos. We had a chance to see new bags. Um, so that's got to make my list. It's just, it has to. It has to. Um, and then uh, I'm going to cheat with this one. So we did product, not company, right? We're doing product. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> so, I, 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 I mean, you own company, so you could you can go company still. You haven't you haven't gone back on that yet. No. I hope I, Lego. I hope Lego's the company. Uh, so I did not. Now, while I did not get back to see uh, any of the new Lego stuff, um, fair. The toy. Uh, congratulations to Lego. So they won. Like it's like a it's a toady toy of the year. T O T Y, not Tony. Toady. Uh, the set from Up, so they're the Up House won a Toy of the Year award. Uh, Lego, I think they had two or three various sets. They had their adult toy was uh, the Rivendell set from uh, Lord of the Rings, and oh, that set is incredible. Yep, so that won a Toady this year. So congratulations to Lego. Lego's always going to be there. Like the truth, the truth is Lego is a piece and of course cornerstone of my childhood. So that's going to, that has like a permanent spot on any Rushmore that I ever do. Um, Ravensburger though, man, I have to tell you. So Ravensburger has two products. Their, their villainous game line is so creative. And I had a chance to talk with the, with the team over there. Uh, the game pieces are works of art in and of themselves. But if you've never played villainous, you have to play villainous. Um, we have, I have two villainous. I have a star Wars villainous and then I have the traditional villainous, but man, they continue to expand it. Those games connect with, uh, with gamers everywhere. Uh, that's always one of my favorites. So I had a chance to go over there. Uh, there's, there's another two or three versions of villainous that are coming out. Uh, they've streamlined and simplified the rules to get more people into the game. Check that one out. And that one's always one of my favorites, but uh, that that's like my my shout out, and that's my honorable mention. Uh, number one, hands down, though, um, and I have to preface this, okay? So as a gamer, uh, I grew up with a card game, and uh, it was not mad. Everyone's like, magic? No, no, no. It was made by Decipher. It's gone. It's not even made anymore. It's been discontinued. And it was the Star Wars collectible card game from Decipher. And I loved that game so much. When I tell you the amount of hours that I played that in college with my roommates and with just random people that were on our floor, we used to have, I don't know, eight, nine, ten guys that there was a game going on in someone's room at any given point. Like it could be three in the morning and there were two dudes sitting in a room in a dorm room playing Star Wars CCG. We would walk into town and buy booster packs. We had no money. Like we would forego food. We would eat ramen so that we could afford to buy booster packs of Star Wars collectible card game and just hopefully pull, you know, one of these like big characters. And it was like, oh my God, I got a Master Yoda. <laughs> it was like, you know, I just remember going and ripping through as many booster packs as I could. I got a job, a part-time job at the comic book shop to play Star Wars CCG, okay? So that just, 
That's how deep my love of collectible card games go. Then I got into Wizards of the Coast. I got into Magic the Gathering, and we played Magic the Gathering for a while. I taught Pokemon. <laughs> Legitimately taught Pokemon to kids. So collectible card games are in my DNA. Dude, Disney Luricana is it. And I'm just going to tell you, Disney Luricana is it. There is a craze right now for this card game. It has reached the zeitgeist. Like, it is the baby Yoda of collectible card games right now, if that makes sense to you. Uh, Ravensburger has a hit. We knew the game was going to look beautiful last year. We saw it. We got a sneak peek. We got six promo cards. They gave us the concept and the premise. Mechanics, nothing was done yet. It was still being worked on. But we knew the game was going to look beautiful. And they kind of had an, a hint of how much the Disney community was going to embrace the game because Lorcana was one of the, the major, major destinations for everyone at D23 Expo last year in Anaheim. The game just dropped its first set, right? And it sold out almost immediately. So the first thing I needed to ask this team of Ravensburger was, hey, are you going to, is there a reprint? They are going to be reprinting the first series of cards. And if you buy the, the, the reprint, you're not going to, there's no difference. There's no white borders. There's no asterisks. You're going to still get in on the ground level. They're also going to be dropping their second expansion later on this fall and, and in December. We're gonna, and we're going to do a full write-up on this. But, man, I had a chance to sit down with the creator of the game. I, I met both of the creators of the game. And what does Lorcana mean? So Lorcana, dude, <laughs> man, I, we could do a whole podcast on just Lorcana. He's, I, I, you know, the, the creatives are actually going to come on. We're going to have them here on Ship and Company that I was so, dude, it was such a great time. Just the two of us sitting. I was supposed to get a demo, right? I was just supposed to get like, here's a character card. You know, here's, here's how you fill your ink well. We played a full game. That's we, what she said. Yeah, we played a full game. And uh, it was so fun to play. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. You, you met the two creators. I interrupted you. I just didn't know what Lorcana meant. So Lorcana... That have a meaning. Yeah, every, everything in the game has a meaning. I mean, there, there's a history and there's a lore of the game, and it's beautiful, and I don't, I don't have the full description in front. Actually, <laughs> if you'll give me a second, let me pull out my notes. Got to uncrumple it because we're radio. I'm, I'm literally just rustling it in my, my hand. The realm is Lorcana. There we go. So the wondrous realm of Lorcana. You wield a magical link to summon new versions of Disney characters as you basically like role play the role of an artist or an illumineer. Uh, and the, the new characters are items which are called glimmers. The glimmers, some are familiar, some fantastic, help you as you race across Lorcana to find and collect missing pieces of lore and the endless quest awaits. The tapestry of the game is amazing. The artwork is... If you're just going to collect the cards, like, you know how people catch Pokemon? If you just collect the artwork and the characters, you're not going to be disappointed because the, the cards are works of art. Um, there's some Disney imagine there's some Disney animators 
and artists that have worked on Disney animated films, Aladdin, Hercules, et cetera, et cetera, that have done designs and art work for the, the cards themselves. But the is key- this taking the place of, of villainous or is villainous going to continue? No, villainous is going to, yeah, villainous is going to continue. So this is just that's a, br- a, that's a great series. It is. This is just a brand new product from Ravensburger. And it's, I, I hate it when people say it's analogous to, you know, another game that's out there. It's its own thing. Okay. But if you enjoy a game like Magic the Gathering, like, you know, Star Wars customizable card game, like a Yu Gi Oh!, like a Pokemon, this is a collectible card game and a strategy game built with the Disney file in mind. And the thing I loved about it, right? So I got my hands on it and I had a chance to play it. The mechanics of this are simple enough to teach your daughter, to teach your son. And to be up and playing in minutes. It's simple in its execution. And then it gets really complex in its mastery. So to just play the game and go from point A to point B and to score, you know, and to get to 20, it's really simple for the kids to to learn. The only prerequisite is the kids should have, you know, they, they should be able to read uh, cause they will have to see what the cards do, but the cards are not complex. Like it's, it's not like first do this, then do the, I'm telling you the execution of the game is simple enough that this is a family game. This is a family friendly game to play with your kids. And it's also going to be one of those games that there's going to be a meta of how to play it to make it very complex. So that tournament style play people that will play it professionally, people that will play it, you know, and there will be people on tour playing it there's that element of it too. But I had a chance to play this game with the creators of the game. And it was one of the most fun experiences that I had at toy fair, man. This is the toy. Okay. And I'm just going to tell you this right now. When you see signs for Luricana, okay, there's going to be reprints and there's going to be re-releases. There's pre-constructed decks. So you don't even need to know how to construct the decks. There's pre-constructed decks. You can buy them, open the box and start playing right then and there. You can also customize and buy booster packs and then, you know, put your favorite characters into the the decks themselves. But this game is an entry into a whole nother level of customizable collectible card game. And it, this is it. You want to talk about the toy member like tickle me Elmo. This is it. This is, this is the Disney get for this fall and for this winter. Lorcana is going to be a phenomenon unlike you've, you have not seen. Um, the only test, and I'll be honest, the only test for the team at Ravensburger is going to be to keep up with the demand. And they are fully aware of that demand and they are humbled by it. They're, they are like super excited to see the clamoring that's already underway. It's not like this is going to happen. It's happened. The first set was dropped and it sold out. I called the local guy on my drive home, my commute home, and I said, hey, Emmett, um, do you have any Lorcana? He went, no, do you know where I could get some? <laughs> because I, I need these cards. Um, this is it. Disney's Lorcana is going to be the next thing, you know, and you're going to, pretty soon, you know, it's going to be like, you're going to hear the same thing. Don't bring the cards to school. You know, don't trade them without understanding the value of them. 
because there's going to be an economy based on these things. They're beautiful. They're works of art and they're collectible, but it's an amazing game. Um, it's been a while since the Pokemon card uh, craze. It's been about what? 20 years now. You remember Pokemon, the craze for Pokemon? Oh, it's been, it's been 25 years. Right? Easy. So this is no joke, man. This is akin. I think this is going to be akin to that. Um, and well-deserved and, and it's well-deserved because it's a well-constructed game. It's gorgeous. But I, I think unlike Pokemon, you are going to get adult collectors um, or people that grew up with Pokemon kind of coming back to CCGs and they're Disney fans and they're Disney files and they're just going to want to collect the artwork of this game because it's gorgeous. But it's also really, really fun to play. Um, we got our hands on it. We played a full game uh, with Ryan and uh, I, I, that, was, that was a highlight for me. This was it. So Lorcana, number one. Was that the it's long about the cones? <laughs> was that the longest um, Rushmore in the history of Rushmores? I turned off the music a long time ago, so it worked out. <laughs> no, that, I mean that's awesome. I can't wait for that podcast when you have uh, those guys on to really discuss it, what it's all about. I'm looking at websites, Disney Lorcana, I'm looking at it on Amazon. Uh, I I mean, I feel like this is something my family would absolutely love to get into. So this is you know, both, both of the kids are going to love this. JC and Jax are going to, they would love this. This is the kind of game that they'll be fighting with who gets to play against dad at the dining room table. Mom will get in on it. It's, it's a wonderful family game. And I'm telling you, it was really easy. I, I, I know CCGs, but even if I didn't have a background in collectible card games, you can pick the game up in about five minutes. It's very simply picked up. It's easy. And it's a lot of fun. So yeah, awesome. that's that's it, man. All right. I don't think I have any more questions on the toy fair. So I think that it's time for a break and Disney's College of Knowledge. All right. Sounds good. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We are going to play a little Disney trivia of our own right after a word from our sponsor. Is Disney World home to you? Realtor Victor Naraki can help make it a reality. Realtor Victor Naraki specializes in making your Disney home dreams come true. Second homes, investment homes, retirement, relocation. With Victor's input, he will show you the home opportunities that you don't get to see as a tourist. Imagine being at the park in minutes, walking around the world showcase for daily exercise, watching the fireworks in your own backyard, or having Disney Springs as your local mall. Have you ever heard of Windermere, Winter Garden, Horizon West, Dr. Phillips, Claremont, Lake Nona, or Disney's own Celebration and Golden Oak? Victor will introduce you to these communities which are just minutes to the magic. Stop imagining a Disney life and start living your dream today. Call Victor at 407-340-9375. And don't forget to mention that you heard all about Victor here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Head over to CelebratingFlorida.com and start living your magical life today. All right, Brian, we're going to wrap up today's show with another episode or another instance of Disney's College of Knowledge. I told you, man, I'm shot today. Uh, this is where we challenge listeners to see what they know about the Walt Disney Company and its theme parks. 
Last week on our College of Knowledge, we asked what two countries were not a part of the opening day showcase and were added at a later date to Epcot. Uh, again, you can message your answers to the trivia question to at Disley Podcast to play. Last week, the winner was Todd Bovington Tadio at Tadio on Instagram. Todd knew it was Morocco and Norway. We did not stump him. And it was those two countries that were added to the World Showcase. Hey, Disney, we want more countries. Let's go. Let's get them. All right. This week in our college knowledge, let's, uh, you know what, man? Let me riff off of Disney Lorcana. I just talked about it for 20 minutes. But who is the Disney animator? Who is the artist? Who's the Disney animator that is the genius behind so many characters like Phil in Hercules, Maui's tattoo in Moana, and of course, the genie in Aladdin. So tell me the name of the Disney animator who lent his creative genius to to those characters because the connection is, man, he's now done work for the upcoming Disney Lorcana Disney 100 collector set. And he's also the trivia question of this week. Again, Who's the Disney animator and the genius behind Phil and Hercules, Maui's Tattoo, and of course, Genie in Aladdin. Message us your answer on Instagram at Dislife Podcast. That's a hard one. If you Google, you won't hurt my feelings, but uh, let us know. We have some cool prizes from all of the team here at Dislife Podcast, man. Dude, I could honestly have made, uh, I could have made this weekend like a five-parter. It was really cool. We didn't even talk about Broadway. No, we didn't talk about Broadway. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Uh, but that's going to do it for another episode of Dislike Podcast. Thank you for hanging out with me as as uh, mentally like worn out as I was today. Uh, we want to thank you as always for living your best Disney lives with us here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Don't forget, smash the subscribe button. Check out our, our incredible radio content. And we have it all week long. And as far as the week goes, we hope that this week... And the rest of this week is filled with faith, trust, and pixie dust. (laughs) Brian, I'm going to bed. Rest easy, Mark. I will, dude. Have a good week, man. Diz Life Podcast is brought to you by the Happiness is Addictive Collection. Happiness is Addictive is passionate about spreading laughter and creating smiles worldwide. They love bringing their global community together through optimism, cheer, hopefulness, merriment, and celebrating life's magical moments. They know how important it is to celebrate life's adventures, and their apparel will give you everlasting, one-of-a-kind memories through pixie-dusted family photos, compliments from park guests, and magical moments with cast members. They pride themselves on high-quality, custom-made apparel at competitive prices with world-class service. Let them help you create a lifetime of memories, whether you're Disney bounding, kicking at poolside, participating in run Disney marathons, having costumed adventures, or just living your best Disney life. You can find their Happiness is Addictive shop on Etsy. You can also find them on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Pinterest. They are proud to be featured in Indie Central Florida, the Thoughtful Gift Club, and now here on Dislife Podcast. Their collection was founded by a 15-year former cast member who knows how to enhance your magical moments for a lifetime of memories with your family. Don't forget to use promo code DISLIFE15 to take an extra 15% off. What are you waiting for? Head over to Etsy and start getting happy today. Follow the link in our show notes and you'll find out for yourself that happiness is addictive.